Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Ladies and gents, welcome back once again. All things covered. Patrick Peterson, Brian McFadden. You guys know how we rock and roll. Another outstanding jam-packed show for you guys. For all you football heads out there, this is the show for you. As you get ready to witness the NFL Draft. Our guest on this episode will be a big-time feature prospect in the draft, a first-rounder for sure, a top-ten pick for sure. I believe he should be a top-five pick as well, but we have to wait and see how everything plays out. Product of Colorado and, most recently, the University of Oregon, top cornerback prospect for the 2023 draft, no other than the great athletic, fast Christian Gonzalez joining me here Brian McFadden, Patrick Peterson, man, Christian, man, thank you for joining us. How you doing? How you feeling? Sir, thank you for having me. I'm doing good. Uh, enjoying the process, you know, being at home, getting uh, back with the family and, and just enjoying it all. Man, I'm enjoying the process for you. I'm a former corner. This is a cornerback type podcast. So anytime we get a fellow cornerback on the show, Yes, our bias usually shows up, deserving so because you know how difficult it is to play that position. Right. But when you hear your name listed as a CB1 in the 2023 draft process, what does that mean for you? It means everything. Uh, you know, just being, just wanting to do this since I was a little kid and it finally being here, uh, being able to, to, put on for my family and and you know just it's just it's really just the beginning of of a, of a better story so I'm really excited so Christian you know there are a lot of spectators and analysts and experts that might not consider you to be a cornerback one a CB1 for those that right. don't consider you to be a CB1 why should they reconsider yeah I say just because you know my speed and length and height is is very hard to find all together. Mm -hmm. And then also just being very fluid and being able to to be versatile to play in any type of scheme and move from outside corner to go in and play nickel. Uh, I don't think many people my size can do that. And yo, that's a unique thing in regards to your measurables because as you just stated, most big tall corners don't go inside, but the versatility you've been able to showcase clearly improves your stock in my opinion because I oftentimes say this the more you can do you know what I mean the more you can do the more usage a team can get out of you and that's important in regards to improving your stock 
and also being able to do a lot for uh, the team on the defensive side. So I love that versatility that you've been able to display. A lot of people that might not know about your background, Christian, you come from an extremely athletic family, super athletic. You know, correct me if I'm wrong, your dad played Division One basketball, right? Big time hooper. Yeah. You had two sisters that are extremely fast, two athletic track runners, and one participated in the Olympics as, as well, correct? Yep. So can you share something about your athletic family, share a story about, you know, how competitive? Was there any moments where you guys just get into an extremely intense competitive type battle based on the athleticism that's all under one roof? That's that's every day. Uh, growing up, it was every day. Anything we're doing, we're competing. Um, I just came back. Uh, I've been here for about a week uh, after mm -hmm. combine and all that. And my little sister uh, just a, a board game. And, you know, we all got together and it's a little game where it's a bunch of mini games and you make uh, you have these little chips and you have to bet. And it's even we all got super competitive just and that little game um but, you know we've always been like that since since i was the little one you know I'm always racing always trying to do little things to just push each other well is it safe to say right now being where you are in age that you are the fastest in the house right it depends what we're running if we're running a anything under a 200 meter i got them but if, they, yeah. if we go above they got it <laughs> no question, no question, no question. So on this show with me and Pat P having Florida ties, we always claim Florida as the best football state in the country. But you come from the great state. Look at you shaking your head. Yeah. You shaking your head already. You come from the great state of Texas. Uh, tell us a little bit about Friday Night Lights in the state of Texas. It's it's that's everything to Texas. High school football is huge. Um, mm -hmm. It's. Even, you know, the little towns, like the 2A schools, 3A schools, they'll, they'll shut down the whole city um, just just for a Friday night game. And everybody in the town will go to the games and even all the way up to, you know, the biggest uh, names, schools like DeSoto and, and Duncanville and all those 6A schools. It's, you know, when it's a Friday night, you know, everybody wakes up and there's music going on, there's bands playing at, at six in the morning and it's it's just a great feeling and knowing that everybody in the city is going to come watch you is a great feeling so if you had to rank the top three states in our country in regards to high school football don't be biased mm -hmm. i want you to be honest right who would be in your yeah. top three Texas at one then i'll go i'll put cali at two and then it's a, it's a toss-up between Florida and Georgia. Somewhere <sighs> around there. <laughs> well, you know what? This is what I want you to do. The best way to answer this question, when you get drafted, when you first get into the locker room, when you look or you I look at the roster, this. you're going to see... It's you're going to uh, see more people from Florida. I, I know. You're going to see. It, 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 no question. You probably saw that in college as well. You know, when you played against a lot of different teams. Now, in the Pac-12, it might not It might not have been as relevant, you know what I mean, being out west. But that's how I'll allow you to answer the question. So, right now, you say Texas number one, Cali two, a toss-up between Florida 
and Georgia for number three. That's your list, right? So That's I got to accept it. Yep. But like I said, when you get drafted, when you first step foot on that team, and then locker room, just look at the roster. You're going to see a lot of people from the Sunshine State. Right. Remember, 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 remember that. Got you. When you talk about, when you look back at your college journey, right, what did you learn about your journey? You committed to Purdue. A lot of people don't remember that, but you once were committed to Purdue. You eventually chose the Buffaloes in Colorado, and then you transferred to Oregon. You know, tell us a bit, a little bit about your collegiate journey. Yeah, it was it was great. Um, so coming out of high school, I originally, like you said, committed to Purdue. Um, you know, my my brother in law went there, and it was kind of you know uh, I felt comfortable there, and it was something I thought I wanted to do. But it's when you get recruited, you go somewhere you know that's where you want to be. It's just a a feeling that you get. And I went to Colorado and. I knew that's where I wanted to be. So mm-hmm. just going there, I wanted to play with Coach Tucker. Um, but he ended up leaving before I got there. And But the two years I was there was, was great. And then just wanted to, you know, step it up for one more year and wanted to go out of the dang. So, yeah. So I guess it probably wasn't a coincidence that you recorded two interceptions against Colorado this past season. Uh, what type of motivation – uh, that you have going into that ball game, playing against the former team in the Buffaloes, and you played against Colorado. That was in Oregon, so it was a home game for you. But tell us a little bit about the motivation you had. It was. I look. I really looked at it like a normal game, but everybody was coming up to me and and saying like, "Oh, this is a a big game for you, this and that." But I was just folk trying not to let that part get to it because I felt like that would have messed my head up. Uh, but it was a great feeling to go out there and, and have one of my best games against my old team. You know, it was real fun to go out there again and see all my friends and play on the same field that, uh, with them. Hey, and and I, I've said this time and time again in regards to the draft process as I watch a lot of tape on different defensive backs. That's the ideal coaching tape for you. Against Colorado, the ball skills, how precise you were in coverage. I mean, how fluid you was in your back pedal. And for you to be 6'2", 200 plus pounds, everything looked so easy for you. That's the most important thing I love about the technical side with you. You make it look so easy. Everything is smooth. Everything looks the same. If you were to highlight something based on what you know about your game, playing the cornerback position, what are some of your best skill sets in regards to playing the cornerback position? I think it's, like I said earlier, just being versatile. Uh, that's one of my biggest things. And then also, uh, I grew up playing receiver. Uh, I, a lot of people don't know. I really didn't even play corner until my junior year of high school. So mm-hmm. just being able to, to see the position from a receiver's perspective, uh, just because I was really big in receiver. I studied the uh, receivers and I played receiver. So, you know, you wanted to watch the best. And I feel like, I was able to take that and, and learn. Um, so that helps me pick on pick up on Tennessee real fast, break down routes quickly. So put your coaching hat on for all of us, right? For the people that's watching us on YouTube and the folks that are listening to us on whatever podcast platform they're listening to us on. You talk about being able to recognize tendencies from wide receivers. That's extremely important, by the way. I love hearing that from you, especially taking your game to the next level because film study is imperative, right? But let's go back to the Colorado game, 
right? Was there a specific tendency that you picked up on from one of their wide receivers that you can share with us? Do you remember? Or any other ball game that you kind of picked up on something from their, from their wide receiver, either during film study or during the actual game where you were like, kind of like, man, I'm, 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 I'm right there in their pocket every time. Yeah. Um, there's two examples that quick to come to my mind. is uh, against Stanford. Mm-hmm. Um, we were doing film studies throughout the week and we noticed um, in the outside receiver. So, you know, usually an outside receiver will have is taught to have their inside foot up the, the, on, on the line of scrimmage. Yep. But anytime they flip their feet, um, they would, the receiver would do a try to sell real hard inside release and run a fade, like a back shoulder type of fade because mm-hmm. Stanford ran the real slow mesh um, RPO type offense. And I saw they they did a little check with me and he switched his feet from the inside to the outside. And I saw that and so I knew I was gonna well most like ninety percent I was getting the fade. So I I didn't bite hot hard on the inside and, and got the PBU. Mm, and mm. the Colorado game was uh, my second pick. Uh they got in a, a condensed formation, and we mm-hmm. knew from that they're going to run one receiver on a post, other receiver on a corner, and then the third receiver on a flat. Mm-hmm. And it was it was third and long, so they and they were already down, so they knew they had to. So, make so they were play. in a bunch. It was a it was a bunch set trip, like a nasty bunch. Yeah. Okay, nasty bunch. Got you. Uh-huh. And uh, so one ran a corner, or one ran a post, two ran a corner and go and i told uh my side of the field what we were getting so i told uh safety he can stay over and because i'm gonna jump the corner and mm-hmm. i was able to do it you jumped it yeah hey it feels good when film study puts you in a position to make big time plays right yes no doubt no doubt continue to improve in that element as well because when you factor in your athletic skills along with the mental part Man, you can be unstoppable. And talking about the athleticism, you probably knew you were going to perform well at the combine because you're just that type of athlete. But when the numbers officially came out, what did that? What did it feel like for you when you finally saw exactly what you did running the forty and everything like that? You know, how were you feeling? Yeah, it was it was a great feeling. Uh, the combine was it was stressful. Uh, the two months of training just wanted to you know, get to Indy and, and do it. And once you, once I finished and seen the, like the numbers, like you said, it was just a great feeling. And to, to know that I went out there and did what I knew I was going to do and, you know, put on a show was, was real good for me. Were you happy with your 40 or were you a little disappointed you wanted to run fast? You thought you should have run faster. Yeah, I, I think I could have went a little faster. What was some of the, what was the fastest time you was putting up during your process, your training process? That was actually my PR. Uh-huh. Um, what I ran. Um, but after watching it a couple times, I watched it a good amount. Um, I, had a, I didn't have the best start kind of uh, like kind of moved forward uh, so that that took a little couple extra seconds I could have stole. If I didn't uh, get the little lean. Exclusively on Paramount Plus. Yo, what's up, Malapalooza? 
It was meant to be a farewell concert, but it changed the music industry forever. We gotta do it again. And launched the careers of countless artists. We had all been underground bands, but that was changing. All while giving the mainstream the middle finger. That's entertainment. Don't miss this three-part docuseries that was 30 years in the making. Lala, the story of Lollapalooza. New docuseries now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Mm. Well, I'll tell you this much. That 40 time was good enough. That's why a lot of people have you on their board as the top corner based on what you've done at Oregon. And of course, the combine. Was there anything crazy that you were asked during the interview process at the combine? You know how a lot of players get asked these crazy off the wall questions. Did you have any of that happen to you? I actually didn't get any crazy that I can really remember. Um, there were a couple of questions that were just like you didn't think you would get, but mm-hmm. nothing crazy. Playing in the Pac-12 the last three years, right? Who are the three best wide receivers you faced? Three best. Um, so my sophomore year was Drake London. Who was who? Drake London. USC. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Play for Atlanta. Uh, could mm-hmm. be. Could be a teammate of yours. Yeah. The <laughs> um, uh, Jacob Cowing, he he's at Arizona. Mm-hmm. He transferred from UTEP, and um, the Washington receivers, um, Dotson, Johan Dotson. No, I didn't. No, not not, not. Oh, you're not talking about the Commanders. You're talking about the Huskies. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Donze and Jalen McMillan, I think. Yeah. Okay. Those, right. three, those three were good. All right. For sure. For sure. So Tom Brady is always everybody's answer when we ask this question in regards to which quarterback you want to pick off the most. Now, the GOAT has retired. So you can't say Tom Brady because you're not going to play against right. Tom Brady. But Who's on top of your list as the quarterback you want to pick off the most? I think maybe Aaron Rodgers. Mm, okay. He's up there. You know, he's one of the best ever. Uh-huh. And he's a great quarterback. So that would be, be a great feeling. Well, hey. We got to see what happens with this trade, but he plans on playing this season. So you might get yeah. a chance to get that eye, uh, that big time Oski right. in your favor. You know, be picking off the goat in Aaron Rodgers. When you talk about your game and how you play the game, you know, who are some of your biggest cornerback influences that you love watching that you can kind of, you know, resemble your game after a little bit? Sure. The first one is definitely uh, Pastor Tane. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, watching him just because he's, you know, I kind of around the same size as him, and uh, he's a, a, a technician, 
And yep. that's what I really liked about his game is because that was something my coach really put in the instilled in me was, you know, technique is, is technique will set you free. You know, you can mess up, but if you use the right technique, you'll you'll be good. So yeah. just being able to watch someone my size and just play with elite technique is something that, that I really try to mimic after. I like that. And you know where Pat Sertain from, right? Junior, right? You know where you're from, right? Yeah, I know where he's from. Okay, okay, okay. And speaking of Pat Sertain Jr., you know, cornerbacks like Pat, you know, most recently Sauce Gardner took the league by storm, you know, jumped in, just dominated from start to finish, and played at a high level immediately. What makes you think you can join that same list? Yeah, just like I said earlier, just everything being – you know, versatile and a smart player, and then just also being somebody that's that's coachable. And um, you know, I'm going to work every day to to whatever I have to do to you know translate my game from the level I'm at now to you know be at the the highest level I can be. Yeah. And one thing in regards to me being a retired player, playing in the, used to playing in the secondary, I love watching cornerbacks that got their swag on point. Uniform got to be on point. You know what I mean? So oh, I salute sure. you yeah. because you take you take pride in how you look before you go out and dominate on the football. Sure. Yeah. I love that. Don't change that now. Don't get to the NFL sure. and be wearing all this equipment issue stuff and all to you, you know, yeah. get yourself together. So yeah. keep that same mindset. But you wore three sure. different numbers in college, right, Christian? You wore 21, 3, and 0. Do you have any idea about what you might try to rock when you get drafted? You know, three is my favorite uh, single digit. Mm-hmm. I wore three in high school and, um, you know, 21 is a great, a great DB number. Um, yeah. And now uh, you can't really, you can't wear zero in the league. Uh, yeah. So, not, not yet. They trying to, you know, yeah. see about, you know, Let's making that a rule change, happen. but as of right now, no, you can't. Yeah. But, you know, I think any single digit, I, I, I could, I'll find a way to rock any number. Man, I think you look I good in that eight. Three. I think you look good in that eight, too. Yeah, I never wore eight before. Yeah, I'm being biased. I wore eight in college and high school, so you <laughs> right. see, I got I got the eight behind me. I think you look good in that right. eight, but no question. Whatever jersey you pick, we know it's going to look good on you because you, that, you have that type of swag. Last question for you, Christian, before we let you go. I know a lot of our viewers might not be aware of this, and the same can be said for our listeners, but we hear there's a there's a rumor out there circulating around that you you real decent in the kitchen. They say you can put them pots and pans together and make some nice, delicious dishes, right? So what's your go-to meal in regards to if you want to cook, if you want to impress somebody, right? Let's say you're trying to impress mm-hmm. somebody. You know, what's your go-to meal? Go-to is I'm going to go, it's like Cajun shrimp pasta. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have some shrimp in there, some ground beef, or not ground beef, really, it's like some hot Italian sausage. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you like yours a little spicy? Shrimp, yep. Ah, so what's, when did you learn how to cook? Like, who who taught you how to cook? How early did you start, and were you a big-time cooker in college? Um, it was kind of just, you know, my dad cooked growing up. Uh, he did all the cooking, mm-hmm. and now it's just... Me and him are the only boys in the family, so I guess just watching him. Uh, I never really cooked when I was a kid, but just you know, hanging out with him and watching him, I guess I just kind of picked up on it and 
I would, I would do is now every now and then in high school. And but once I got to college, I, that's when I really started to get with, like really good at it. You know, just watching. I'm always watching some type of. I watch a lot of cooking shows. Watch mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of cooking things on, on YouTube and stuff like that. That's kind of just what I do to, to take my mind off the off the game when I need to sometimes. So just doing that and yeah, I, I love to cook. Chef Gonzalez. I like that. Hey, so this year, yeah. I plan on seeing you serve up a lot of picks to these yeah. wide receivers, man. Put them on a hot dish, man, yeah. and go ahead and get them picks. And like I said, man, maybe Drake London might be a teammate. You know, I live in Atlanta. We, we've been talking heavily about you in the city in regards to hopefully the Falcons picking you up. Detroit need a cornerback as well, right? Right. There, there are a lot of teams, man, outside of the, the quarterback needy teams that need a 6-2, 4-3-like corner, long, lengthy, smooth in his back pedal like water, very, very instinctive, and he got prolific ball skills. Let's see exactly what happens. But Christian, man, thank you for joining me here. All things covered. It's been an honor. I can't wait to see you during draft, being able to do something many kids would never get an opportunity to do, which is get drafted. But most importantly, man, you're going to be a first rounder. It don't get no better than that, my guy. Right. It don't get no better than that. But thank you again, once again, for joining me. And who knows, man, after you make all rookie team, you know, Pro Bowl, your rookie year, we can do this all over again. Right. Streaming on Paramount Plus. You're ready, Bob. Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, one love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.